What's up, beautiful? And welcome to Relationship Badass, the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and I'm here every single week to bring you juicy episodes that are loaded with tips, tricks, ideas, powerful mindset shifts, and all the things related to helping you have empowering, sexy, thriving, deep relationships. So buckle up, grab yourself a glass of tea, wine, bubbles, and get cozy as we dive into this week's episode. souls. Those of you that are returning, welcome back. If you're new around here, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) I am your giggly host, Nikki Sunshine, and this is the Relationship Badass Podcast. Today we, I am coming off of my first ever two week long hiatus. That's two weeks in a row I haven't put out a podcast. For those of you that follow me on Instagram or in my email list, you already know that last week my partner of almost three years, Warren and I, chose to separate. (sighs) Yeah, just noticing the weight on my heart even as I say that. Um, and so this episode is all about this process that I've been going through and that we, Warren and I, have been going through. I'm calling today's episode Separating with an Open Heart. Hmm. So today I'm going to take you on a journey through, I've, I sat, I sat in the backyard today and I kind of took some notes. I know this this process has been so dynamic and ever-changing and non-linear and beautiful and, and brave and expressive. So I kind of took some notes on what are some of the keys, the lessons, those wisdom nuggets that are coming through me during this time. Um, and so that's what I'm here to share with you guys today. Um, I've also weaved in some of the, so I have Y'all have been so supportive and loving. I have over 50 Instagram messages I haven't opened yet. Um, getting there in my time. But I did weave in some questions I've received from some of you on Instagram into this conversation. So keep your ears peeled for that if that's relevant to you. Hmm. Okay. So before we dive in here... Um, You know, I always start the episode with gratitude. So I want to start today's episode with gratitude for literally whatever happens. I am so grateful for the experiences that happen in my life, particularly those that feel so jarring and so scary as they're going down. I'm especially grateful for those. Because oftentimes following my truth is jarring and scary and frightening, but it's my motherfucking truth. And so, man, am I grateful for those experiences such as what happened last weekend to lead to this split between my partner and I. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the experiences that feel like they're going to quote unquote break me. The ones that feel so hard and heavy because... Those are just opportunities to open my heart in the face of pain, to embody the badass I know I am, and to be present with my experience. Truly, truly, truly grateful. Now, as for announcements, the only announcement I have in this moment is that I just booked my plane ticket to Bali. (sighs) My one-way plane ticket, I leave March 3rd. And we will get into where that came from in today's episode. (laughs) 
Um, but that's the announcement. So March 3rd, I will be taking off to Bali and continuing to show up with my writing and my podcast and my clients while I'm over there. And of course, go immerse myself in a new culture, go see the world, go meet people and share my essence and my love and, and connect with others and hear stories and see other cultures. Um, it's time, it's time for me. So I'll be leaving for three to six months. The timeline is unknown at this moment. Um, what it, the only thing that's certain is that I have a plane ticket into Bali on March 3rd. <laughs> so that's what I know. Ah, <sighs> so that's the announcement. This this badass babe is going to Bali. <laughs> um, mm, 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 mm. All right. Yep. So let's dive into today's conversation around open-hearted separation in partnership or relationship. So a little context for you all. You're going to hear me talk a lot about trust. Um, you're going to hear me use that word a bunch in today's conversation. And I just want it to be clear that when I say trust, I am referring to surrendered based trust. That is, I trust in this moment. I trust in what happens. I trust this path, right? Hmm. So if you need more information on what surrendered-based trust is, you can pause this episode, go back two or three weeks, I think I just made an episode called Surrendered-Based Trust, and it's all about it. So if you need more on that, I invite you to pause this episode, go ahead and listen to that episode so you have the context, um, and then come back here. So, <clears throat> all right. I'm going to start by addressing a question I've been asked at least 25 times. And that is, how did you know? How did you know? Right? So, and to expand that, it's how did you know it was time to leave this relationship with Warren? How did I know it was our, our time, our, our soul contract was up? How did I know? So I think so, a lot of people have a vision that like one day I was just walking through the house and went, oh, aha, mine and Warren's time is up. <laughs> it's so clear to me now, we're done. Um, and that's not how it went. So in order to answer this question, I need to touch on the power of space and the relationship between space and clarity. So how did I know? Well, I didn't know, but this is what happened. I woke up in my house Sunday morning, almost two weeks ago now, alone. And the moment I realized I was alone in the house, so no one I was living with had come home that night, my entire body contracted, okay? So the first signal for me was, why does my body hurt? Right, my body normally feels great. It feels wonderful, it's energized, it's alive, it's stretched out. And so when I feel contraction in my system, when I feel, when I notice my entire chest cave in and my shoulders slump down and my stomach feel knotted, that is a sign to me that something is not in alignment, something's not right. So when I woke up Sunday morning and I went around the house and realized nobody was home, I got that full body contractive feeling and then the thought popped in my head and the thought went, what are you doing here? So for many people, they might have an experience like that and they might just think, oh, I have a stomach ache and I had a thought, right? Me, I talk about it all the time, being in tune with my body listening to her potent messages. So I know that feeling in my body. I know when I'm contracted in my body. I know that that's a message and not a stomachache. Um, so once I had this feeling and that thought popped in my head, I made the decision to leave my house. 
Now, let me be clear here. In this moment, I had no idea. Oh, Warren and I are going to separate. All I knew is that something was off and I knew I needed clarity. So this is where this conversation around the relationship between space and clarity comes in. I knew that if I stayed in the mountain home that I loved so much that I'm slightly attached to, the mountain home that I've created, this life I've created with Warren, surrounded by our kitties and our snakes and all of the things that make me feel cozy and comfortable at home, I knew if I stayed there, I couldn't be fully clear. Because there's influences around me, right? There's literally influences around me that evoke emotion and are going to have me feeling all these different things and not deeply dropped into myself, present and, and focused and clear, right? So, how did I know? Well, it started with a simple feeling and I didn't actually know, but I knew that I needed to get clarity. I knew something was off. Do you know what it feels like in your system when something's off? Do you know what it feels like in your body, in your solar plexus, in your heart space, in your stomach, in your mind, when something's out of alignment? And so let's say, let's just say that you do. Then the question is, do you choose to listen to those messages or not, right? So when I left, it wasn't easy, right? When I left Sunday, it was not easy. I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. I'm going to hang out with friends now. Bye. Nope. It was tears, body contraction, pain, confusion, and a deep knowing that I needed to go. So I called my best friend. Noelle and Jake, shout out to, and Gigi, my fucking, all of my community has been so helpful, but those three in particular, right, right in the moment when I needed it, they opened up their house, they gave me a room, um, and I, I had the space I needed to get clear. So, just to go back to that moment when I left my mountain house, because oftentimes, you know, I work with a lot of clients one-on-one, -on -one, and I'll hear like, well, I knew I had to leave, but it's so hard, and I don't want to, my heart hurts. Right? So I just wanted to be known that when I left Sunday, I had a million fear thoughts of, well, if you leave, what if you, you, you got to see him, right? If I leave, I'm not going to see Warren and then we're going to have more space. And then what happens? I already feel so disconnected from him. If I go away, it's going to be even longer till we can reconnect. Right? So all of these fear, where am I going to go? Why would I need space? This is obviously my life. There's nowhere else to go. Right? These are all reiterations of some of the voices in my head that day and so it's like yes I too had the fear I was fucking scared shitless and I did it and I left Whew. because I knew in my in my being in my truest soul that that space I needed the space so I could get clear on what the fuck is going on in my world right what I need so that's the first piece of this was space. I left on a Sunday and I went back up to the mountain house on a Wednesday. The Wednesday happened to be Warren's birthday. So um, that's why I went back up that Wednesday to to show up with love for him on his birthday. Now, that night we had a conversation and so after the birthday celebration, we snuggled and we, and I opened up the conversation and we just shared, I said, what does your instinct say, Warren? And he said, my instinct says we should break up. So in that moment, I knew we were on the same page, right? I knew we both had the same gut feeling. And what followed the next morning was the most beautiful connected uncoupling ceremony I've ever had in my life the only one I've ever had and it was so beautiful it was so deep and loving and caring and so I'm going to save that experience for another episode because that's a whole conversation 
So we got to the place and he said, okay, this is it. We're, we're, we're separating, right? So now we know what's happening, right? We know the truth. The truth is it's time to separate. So how do, how do we reconcile with the truth when it fucking hurts? That's the next thing I want to talk about here. I knew the truth. He knew the truth. It was clear, but it certainly wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy decision, right? It wasn't an easy decision to look at the man I've been deeply, intimately connected to and in love with for three years. The man who I believed I was going to build a community with. The man I believed I was going to have children with. Um, the man I believed I was going to do all these things with and have this life with. It's not easy to look at him and decide we need to separate. But it was clear. So here's the piece with clarity. And, and this is where trust really comes in, that surrendered-based trust. If we both know in our systems and our bodies that this is the move, then my brain is still going to come in because brain is concerned about safety. Me, particularly as a woman in this body, but anyone, but particularly women have this coded in them, me leaving a home situation where I have safety, I have security, I have a partner, I have a family, that feels dangerous on a cellular level, okay? That is embedded in us. So I'm going to talk about women specifically for a moment. Women, it has not been safe for us to be on our own, to be disconnected from a man, to walk away from a household for thousands of years. It has literally been unsafe. So when I'm choosing to walk away from this partnership, I'm also having a nervous system reaction that's telling me, no, this is your safety. This is your security. You can't leave. Don't go. Don't go. Right? And so one of my most powerful mantras during this entire process has been, I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. And as my dear sister and colleague Molly Curtis says, saying that mantra and finding that voice from your root space, I am safe. Coming from the root, very powerful, very grounding. So remembering that I'm safe, titrating the reaction of my nervous system. Simultaneously, and I've been talking a ton about this on Instagram, but part of reconciling with the truth for me is this beautiful formula of honoring the grief and simultaneously trusting everything that's happening, right? So again, I'm not ever questioning why or this isn't right. How can I fix it? How can I, how can we get back together? No, I trust the decision even though it fucking hurts, right? So because I'm trusting, I'm not spending any of my energy the any of my energy trying to change what has happened or the outcome. I'm just trusting it. And simultaneously I'm allowing my grief to move through me. So, oftentimes that looks like a delightful conversation with a friend and we're giggling and we're connecting and then I say, "Yeah, and and I haven't been back to the mountain house." And all all I have to say is that and all of a sudden a wave of sadness moves through me and tears show up and now I'm now I'm crying, right? Just moments ago I was giggling. And so because of I surround myself with the friends that I do, um, they all of the people I'm hanging out with can hold space for that, right? So I move from how <laughs> and they simply hold me in that, witness me in that, and I just get to be with my sadness. I don't have to go, oh no, what, I'm, I'm laughing right now or I didn't want to feel this now. I just allow it because it showed up. So I trust it and I allow it to move through me. This literally happened the other day at Natural Grocers, checking out the grocery store. I was having a lighthearted conversation with the cashier and I brought up my situation and I said something and immediately tears started rolling down my face. And it's just like, yeah, yep. Yes, that is process. 
that is allowing grief to move through me, right? So I'm not searching for sadness. I'm not digging up old memories and putting on sad songs and trying to commit to being sad. I'm also not searching for happiness, distractions, joy, over stimulation in social settings. Nope. I am simply being with whatever shows up. Oh, okay, this is here now. Oh, okay, now I'm, wow, I just cried. Now I'm, now I'm smiling and now I feel the move to dance. I'm going to go dance now. Okay, that's what's here now, right? So to me, that is honoring grief. I don't get to tell grief how she's going to show up in my life, right? And me particularly, I've had so much experience with grief in my life. Um, I've watched many people I love die. And so uh, this is how I dance with her. This is how me and grief dance. And because I'm simply open, I just remain open. So she feel, she has permission to come and show up and move through me as she needs to. You know what happens? She's, she just, the grief shows up and it moves through me. It dissolves. I, I don't end up being depressed all day, right? When I just allow what needs to move through me to move through me, it actually ends up showing up in these like, quote unquote, manageable bits, um, you know, versus like, again, wow, I'm crying and now I'm depressed and sad all day. That hasn't been happening. Rather, it's like, oh, I need to move the sadness. Okay, I'm going to be with it. I'm going to fall to the floor. I'm going to let my tears fall shamelessly. I don't care if I'm in the middle of a grocery store or outside by myself. And now I'm okay. Oh, wow. It's moved through me. Um, I'm going to reference my colleague and sister, Molly Curtis, once more. She talks about this as, she says, like, our nervous system needs titration. So our nervous system knows the threshold of what we can handle at once. And so when we are in our bodies and in alignment, our nervous system is only going to give us so much emotional or energetic stuff to move through at once. And that is called nervous system titration, right? Taking it easy, manageable bits. That's a program that's naturally built into us when we don't go looking for sadness, anger, joy, right? Hmm. So the keys for me in reconciling with this truth of my new life, which is only a week old, you know, I still wake up and, and some mornings I have to say to myself 10, 15 times, Nikki, you and Warren are not together anymore because it's so, it's so, it, it's been that way for so long. It's, it's, it's like ingrained in myself a bit, right? So I reconcile with this truth by First, just fully trusting it and then dancing and honoring, dancing with and honoring my grief. So I want to talk about what we're truly mourning when we redefine relationship, right? So many might think I'm mourning the loss of my partner. I'm mourning the loss of that person. I'm mourning them, right? But what I'm realizing through this process is I'm not mourning, mourning Warren. Warren's still here, right? I've mourned actual people dying before, and this is not that. He's still here. And because we're choosing for it to be this way, he's still here with an open heart towards me. Me and him are, are so loving towards each other, towards this whole process. Helping each other out, communicating, sending love, um, holding space. So what we're really mourning, so when I, what am I mourning right now? I'll talk about myself. I am mourning an idea of how I thought life was going to be. I'm mourning an idea. I had a story or a fantasy painted of this is going to be my life. And now in this moment, it's so very clear that it's not going to be my life. So there's a grief that happens there, right? There's a grief that happens there. 
grieving the the actual story itself. So I'm grieving that version of life that I had in my head of Warren and I are going to move to this beautiful 40, 50 acre property in the mountains and we're going to have community and we're going to have children and he's going to be building Tesla coils and I'm going to be helping people with their emotions. And um, I'm mourning that, that story, that story, that fairy tale, right? That fantasy. Now, there's actually another death happening underneath that. And that is, I'm mourning the idea that I get to decide how my life is going to go. Right? There was moments where I was so sure, I was positive that this future with Warren was my future. And so in this moment, I'm stepping back and saying, oh yeah, I don't get to decide that stuff. That's not, I don't have control over life's movements and and expressions. Um, That's right. My purpose is to be here authentically, grounded in who I am, and to express and love and vibrate from that place. So I'm also mourning this idea that I get to choose, right? Mourning the loss of my own perceived control because that's not even real. So something that's been coming through really strongly for me in this process is this new relational paradigm. It's been coming through so strong. It's been coming through with words. So here are the words that keep coming through my meditations, my journaling, my dreams. Moment to moment fluidity in relationship. So this means that I'm in relationship with someone. Let's use Warren. This is a great example. Warren and I entered relationship 10 years ago when we first met in Las Vegas. We were partying hard and we met and we connected. That's where our relationship began. After that point, our relationship looked like acquaintances, connected friends, but we didn't have a lot of physical time together, but we felt connected kind of through the ethers. We had a lot of mutual friends. We were living in the same state, but we didn't have a lot of physical time together, right? That was the first wave of our of our relationship. Fast forward about five years, and now Warren and I, both on our own accord, happen to be in Colorado. Here, our relationship was redefined even yet again. I still have an energy of friendship, but at this point, we were spending a lot more physical time together. Um, so now we had a friendship with more one-on-one, intimate, physical connection, right? Fast forward two years after that, our relationship shifted yet again. Now we delve into an experience of being intimately connected lovers, romantic friends, people, whatever you want to call it. We, our relationship now had a lot of romance, a lot more one-on-one time, a lot of sexual connection, um, lots of deep conversations. So now our relationship has all these characters, right? So that's been the last three years. Now fast forward to last week. We redefined our relationship once again. We actually are no longer romantically involved. We're no longer sexually involved, but now we have this deeper deeply connected intimacy, this deeper friendship that we've never had before. So this is the new age of our relationship now. So again, it's this, Warren and I have been in relationship for 10 years. And in each moment, we get to check in and say, how is this relational dynamic serving us now? Right? So when we checked in last week, it was like, oh, being romantic partners isn't actually serving our highest growth anymore. Damn. Okay. <laughs> right? I actually remember this. This is kind of funny. I remember in the moment in a moment in the kitchen and we were both kind of reconciling like, "Wow, this is this is what it is." And and I looked at him and I went, "Well, darn." <laughs> in this kind of quirky, kind of snap my finger in this little like, "Oh, shucks." kind of way. And we both shared a giggle. It was like, "Well, oh, shucks." We thought you and I could do that thing where we ground down and have babies and like, you know, get really comfortable, but wasn't in the plans. Okay. All right. That's what's up now, right? So Warren and I did not have a quote unquote breakup. I, that word does not resonate. I'm not in alignment with those words. Um, We redefined our relationship once again. 
So this new relational paradigm I feel is being born and I feel that I am one of the, the beings on this planet here to birth this paradigm into the earth plane is this moment to moment fluidity. It's, it's moving away from labels completely. It would just be like Warren and I have been in relationship for 10 years and here are the four different manifestations of our relationship over that time. Not even labeling each one as a thing, but just describing the nuances of the connection. And that's the relationship. Yeah. So this is the new relational paradigm I feel is being born. Um, yeah, I'm really curious to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Uh, if you're listening to this, I'm like, huh, moment to moment fluidity. It, it takes off. So in a scary way, it takes off the bounds, right? It takes off the constrictions. It takes off the container that we put on relationships to feel so safe. Yes, I'm talking about partnership. I'm talking about quote unquote best friends, right? That's a container. You're my best friend. That feels really, really safe and yummy. But with this new paradigm, we wouldn't even use that term. It's this is Noelle. Our relationship right now looks like Lots of intimate conversations, at least once weekly one-on-one hangs, cuddles, sharing our secrets, getting advice from each other. This is our relationship right now, right? I wouldn't even call Noelle my best friend in this new paradigm. So I'm really excited about this new relational paradigm being born and I'm curious to hear any reflections on that for those of you listening. Now, moving along here. I want to talk about keeping an open heart in the presence of pain. This has been a key for me. It has been such a key. So throughout this whole breakup, oh, wow, look at that programming. I just used the word breakup that I just moments ago declared doesn't resonate with me. Okay, noticing that. During this separation with Warren, I have made it a priority to keep my heart open. I truly believe that in keeping our hearts open, especially when we're experiencing pain, we are keeping our channel open. We are continuing to vibrate at the essence of which we exist. Therefore, we are continuing to magnetize and attract those people, places, opportunities, and experiences that are in alignment with us. And so, can I keep my heart open during the separation, right? The tendency is, oh, this hurts. I want to close. I want to cower in. I want to hide in my room for a week and not see anyone. And I want to close up my heart. And I want to say, three-year relationship, I'm not going to be available for any kind of connection for another half that time, that's one and a half years I need to heal and yada, 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 right? So what has this looked like for me? Literally every single morning, noticing the pain in my heart and then choosing to do a meditation and literally send Warren love, right? Sending him pure love. Breathing into it, visualizing the love, light, essence from my heart, beaming like a direct laser right into his heart and seeing it hit his system and fill him up with the energy of love. That's one piece. I've also been doing my favorite embodiment practice, which is to literally open my body, put yoga blocks under my back and stretch into this expansive open position while I'm experiencing pain. Hmm. Right? So going through my morning meditation and my affirmations and my journaling and my walk and then all of a sudden experiencing deep sadness and pain and discomfort and right in that moment saying, okay, and lying on the floor and opening my body. It's so hard. I want to close and choosing openness and engaging in deep, deep breath while I'm in this painful experience. That is opening in the presence of pain, literally in your body, right? So that's an embodiment practice. Another way I've been staying open during this experience is allowing myself to be open to other connections, right? 
So it just so happened that the weekend after Warren and I split, it was one of my dearest best friend in the world's birthday, sweet sister Jess. This is my shout out to you, honey. Um, and so it was so fucking perfect. My most intimate and loving community was already planning to come together for this weekend of sleepovers and medicine and connection and art and ice skating. It was so fucking great. And I was receiving so much love and there was this one person in particular that was giving me love and, and massage and then he was offering me cuddles and I noticed when he offered me cuddles this instant programming show up in my head because he this man is so sweet I respect and honor him so much he's huge on consent which is fucking sexy to me and so he asked me um, this morning like one morning hey Nikki um, would you like your space or do you want to snuggle? Oh, just so fucking yummy. I love that consent. So he asked that and it really got me to consider, you know, because I noticed when he asked that, I actually wanted the snuggles. I genuinely was like, that sounds so nice. I trust you. I love you. You're homie. I like you're big and strong and it feels so yummy to be snuggled by you. And I simultaneously noticed the programming show up in my head that said, can you snuggle with another man three days after you and Warren split? Is that okay? Are you allowed to have this? Can you have this? Should you have this? Right? All of these shoulds, cans, musts. <laughs> and so it was really cool in this moment as I just noticed those two sensations happen. I was like, wow, my body's screaming, yes, please come snuggle me. That sounds so great. And now my head is telling me all the reasons why I can't have it. And so in that moment, I thought, wow, the programming goes so fucking deep. And it's like, really? Like, why, why are we taught that after we split with someone we love, we quote unquote have to close off, disconnect, be closed hearted to any more connections for X amount of time? Why is that? Can I tell you how fucking nourishing it is to open your heart to connection, particularly after heartbreak? Ooh, it's so fucking good. So I opened my heart all weekend. It felt so good. I felt so nourished. The next day, in a really, I'm not going to go into this story because it's a story in itself, but basically I met someone and I was asked out on a date. And again, I noticed the same programming. This man's fucking beautiful, the man who asked me out on a date, gorgeous, beautiful man, just like, I could sense his inner badass the minute I met him. And and there was just something about him that was very intriguing to me. And when he asked for a way to contact me, I noticed again my body wanting to say yes and that programming coming in my mind of like, you can't give this guy your number, you can't go on a date with him, you can't talk to him, you know, it's too soon, it's this and that. You have to you have to isolate, you have to be alone, you have to lock yourself in a room and eat ice cream for the next week. <laughs> And so I noticed the programming and again, I chose to follow my body and I gave him my contact and we ended up chatting and after some time of chatting, it felt really good to say yes to the date and so I did and I went on the date yesterday and it was, it was fucking incredible, you guys. Um, it was amazing and I just, I, we just talked and we went and got dinner and I got to know this fascinating human and he had a genuine interest in me and I got to experience authentic connection. Mm. that is medicine, right? That is fucking medicine. So a huge part of my process has been keeping my heart open. And yes, that's a practice. Yes, it takes intention. Yes, it takes embodiment practices. It takes, I've been doing a daily morning practice every single day for the last two weeks, every single fucking day, right? I know I'm in a fragile state. So anyone who works with me one-on-one -on -one knows I'm not about, you know, I must do a daily practice and then beating myself up when I don't or anything like that. But I know when I'm in a fragile state, I know when I'm healing, and I know in those moments how fucking important that morning affirmation practice is, that morning walk, that movement practice, that embodiment practice, right? I know when I'm healing that those are extra important. So keeping an open heart during the separation, keeping an open heart in the presence of pain has been 
absolutely transformative to me. And because I've been doing that, I've been attracting the most aligned experiences, relationships, people, places, things. Both those men I mentioned, the one who offered me cuddles the one day and then the man I went on a date with the next or a few days later or the next week, um, both of those men have traveled or lived in Southeast Asia for at least four years, four and six years, I believe. Huh? <laughs> so I haven't even gotten to the part about Southeast Asia yet, um, but know that that is happening for me. So when I met these men and found out they both lived in the place that I just intuitively decided to travel to, that is not a coincidence, right? <laughs> so, oh, I want to, I'm being mindful here of the time because I'm realizing I wrote down a lot of notes and I'm going to have to make multiple episodes. Okay, I'm going to let that be its own episode. So I'm just going to skip that piece. Right, so I'm, I'm, so how am I working through this separation? Space, clarity, trust, right? My daily practices, my movement, my affirmations, my my journaling, my song, my prayer, all of these things are, are so important. Um, and, and keeping an open heart, right? So another key, open heart. I'm open to receiving all the opportunities, people, places, and experiences that the universe has for me, right? So I'm connecting with people. I'm saying yes to events and, and dates and cuddles. And I'm saying yes to opportunities that feel good, right? So it's not I say yes to every single date and every single social event. Fuck no. Um, but if they feel good in my body when I check in, if it's a yes, I'm going to say yes to that. Even if my mind starts to go, but you shouldn't have, you can't do that. Well, how would they feel? All the fear, right? It's okay. It's okay, mind. You're scared. I get it. And I trust this. Hmm. So... The last piece I really want to touch on for today's episode is this. Because this is the second most popular question I've had. So let me fill you guys in. I'm leaving for Bali. I booked a one-way flight. As I told you, I leave March 3rd. The trip is going to be three to six months. I don't know yet. Um, I'm going to feel into my own system as I go. And so this is fucking happening. <laughs> and so a lot of you have been asking, how did you know? Nikki, like, how did you know that Bali was the move, that Southeast Asia was the move, right? Because, like, I feel a little crazy. Within five days of my life partnership ending, I booked this one-way flight. I was so just, I trusted it so hard. So how did I know? Well, you already know the first thing I'm going to say is, I didn't know, but I trust, right? So I still don't fucking know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe this is not the quote-unquote right move, whatever right and wrong is anyway. Um, I don't know. I didn't I didn't get a receipt from the universe saying, check, correct, you made the right move, right? I am just literally staying in this place of trust. And so I'm like, cool, I, it has to be right because I trust it. So how did I know what to do? When I was pondering this earlier, the first three words that came out were trust, stillness, and listening. Our Dear Uni Universe, she sends so many potent messages, but we must be still enough to hear her subtle messages because most of them are very subtle. Most of them come in the form of a thought, a feeling, a synchronicity, right? It's rare that we actually get these signs spelt out for us, though, you guys, I did have this one spelt out for me. So, leaving this separation, I never asked the question why. I never asked how can we get back together. I was always trusting in that, right? So instead, I'm clear. I'm not taking out my energetic space saying, why can we fix this? All this energy trying to fix this thing that doesn't need fixing because it's just its time, right? I'm clear because I'm not doing that, so my system's clear. And I have so much more space to receive the answer to the question I am asking, which is uni. What's next for me? Holy shit, I'm so scared. I'm so confused. I'm so lost. The fact that this isn't my path. So what's next for me, Uni? Because I trust it. What's next? 
So this is kind of how it went for me. I'll just, I'm just going to bring you guys through all the little signs that brought me here. I asked uni what's next. Then travel first. The first sign was travel just popped up as an idea. So I'm thinking like, you know, should I move? Should I get a new lease? Should I move to the city? Travel. Huh? Whoa. We random idea. Maybe I should travel. First sign. See, I told you guys they're fucking subtle. Just an idea of travel. Next, I literally had nowhere to land. So the only blood family I have in the whole fucking state, um, I called them right after the breakup. Wow, look at that programming. Right after the separation happened and I was a mess and I was super vulnerable and I asked them if I could bring my things and basically move into one of their spare guest rooms until I figure out my next move. And you guys, they said no, okay? They said no. Now, I'll just give you before you're like, fuck your family, how could they do that? In the moment, I was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I was so hurt. They just they just literally said no without any sort of explanation or, or anything. They just said no. And it was, it was so hurtful in that moment, right? I was feeling so vulnerable and so like, what the fuck? And, I, and you know, you've always said if I needed anything, you know, I need something and you say no, like what the shit? Um, and now I see that they were literally pawns of the universe, right? They had to say no. They had to say no because if they would have said yes, I would have landed. I would have somewhere to nest. I would have somewhere to get comfortable and I wouldn't be leaving on March 3rd, which is so obviously the moment I'm supposed to leave. <laughs> so when I realized that they were just universal pawns, I, I noticed full forgiveness run through my system where prior to that, my heart had been closed to the, these particular family members. Um, so that's just a little antidote. But the next sign was I had nowhere to land. So I called my family. They said no. I look at my, the three houses in the state where my, my most closest intimate people live, the only places I, that would really feel like home to me, the only, the only people I would really consider living with, right? Literally every single one of them is leaving in the next four months for their own travel. So there's no grounded home base that feels solid for me to land in. Right now, for many people, they'd be like, "What the fuck? Why is this happening? There's nowhere for me to land. Oh, this is so frustrating. Are you serious? All oh, my friends are moving. My cousins are not available to help me. Like, what the fuck? You know." But because I trust, I trust everything that's happening. So for me, that was a sign, huh? There's nowhere for me to land. Am I not supposed to stay here? Right. Next sign. So now I'm like, okay, maybe it is travel. I got nowhere to land, huh? Where would I travel if I were to travel? I have no fucking clue. I pull up a world map and I just look at it for about a minute. And all of a sudden it comes through me with such clarity. I go, Bali, Thailand, India. Boom, done. That was a sign, right? The, the way that path came to me with such clarity I know myself normally I'd be like "Ooh, the whole world well I could go here I could go there Ooh, but what if I go there should I go there I don't know should I look at flights what about this and that there was no indecision there was no indecisiveness it was just clear oh that's where I'm going so that was a sign an hour later well my my I'm laughing because I was about to call her my bestie and then I'm thinking about the new relational paradigm that has no labels but in this moment I feel good calling her my bestie um, she comes downstairs with a travel tag with my name on it. And she says, here you go. It's time. She had that travel tag for a year and a half with my name on it. She's known, she's seen this for me for a year and a half. And the minute I said, wow, it's time to travel. She came down and said, here you go. Here's your travel tag. So that was a sign. The next day, I felt kind of crazy. I started to have all these fear and doubts around money and the trip and where I'm going and what am I thinking? Then I get the random urge to clean my car. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go clean my car. Go to clean my car. What's the first thing I pull out? A book that I don't even recognize called India. Next thing I pull out is a book I don't even recognize called Thailand. Okay, like that. So when I say it was actually spelled out for me, that's the, the first time in my life it's been spelled out for me. Now, 
later, it was discovered that a friend gave me those books years ago. I forgot about them. Had them in a box to go to Goodwill. Dropped all the books off at Goodwill last week. Those two popped out. (laughs) Turns out, right? These two books happened to pop the fuck out of the box. (laughs) So I find these books. Then I find a bucket full of old car parts I forgot about. And I was like, wait, I wonder if I can return these. Return them. 350 bucks right there. So the minute I had doubts about money and the location, I went and cleaned my car. I found these books. I found car parts, returned them. And all of a sudden, I'm totally fucking fine, right? So again, that was a sign. Then there were all these loose ends that came up. I I wasn't planning on leaving. So I'm involved in a couple group programs. I have payments. I'm supposed to be in these things. And I basically was like, I have to cancel and quit everything I'm in. I'm dropping out of every program, right? So I had all this anxiety about it. I was so scared and I... I just found the courage to reach out to the people I needed to and say what I was doing with confidence, not, I'm so sorry and I think I need to, hey, I'm leaving the country in four weeks, I have to drop out of this program. And everyone I reached out to felt me and honored my decision and worked with me for whatever payments I had to make and yada, 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 right? So another sign, things are working out. Then I met those two men I told you about earlier, both who have lived in Southeast Asia, And money showed up. Okay, I don't need to go on that too much. But basically, money I forgot existed, didn't even know existed in some account I put it in like five years ago, just showed up the day after I decided I was going to travel. I got an email. Okay, so wow, that's a sign. Then I found my vision board the other day. (laughs) I made this vision board on New Year's Eve and... You know, it's really pretty and it has all these things, but I, I didn't even really remember what was on it. And then I found it the other day packing my home. You guys, on my vision board, there is Thailand, Bali, temples, March. Literally, I pasted the word March. Why the fuck did I do that? I have no idea, but I leave March 3rd. There is date night, an airplane, a traveler's backpack, waterfalls, a tiki hut, like a massage no stress money so when I found this vision board and it literally had Thailand Bali the backpack the waterfalls the plane all of these things I'm about to embark on that's another sign right so yesterday I bought this fucking one-way ticket on trust and so that's the next adventure And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know, because I don't, but I trust. And that's what this process has looked like thus far. Opening my heart to what's right here in front of me and trusting that it's here for me because it's here. (laughs) Mm. So I love you each dearly. Um, This is one of, there will be multiple episodes around this process and the uncoupling ceremony and all of the things Um, but I just wanted to kind of come in here and give you guys a really intimate peek into my process this first week of our separation and what it's looked like so that's what it looks like I am in full trust flow mode and um yeah I'm going to fucking Bali so I'm so excited Mm. Mm. I love you each dearly and you know, if you have questions or feedback, feel free to reach out. Also, please know that I have more messages in my life than I've ever had. Um, y'all have been so supportive and loving during this process. And so I'm in catch up mode. So trust that I will get to your beautiful message in due time. I love you dearly. And I will catch you in the next episode.